0: the vault high atop the pastoral center of the diocese of camden you're listening to talking catholic
1: hello domestic church media listeners it's your talking catholic host mike walsh my co-host marionella nunez and i recorded this episode a few days before the feast of our lady of guadalupe and while that feast day will have passed by the time you listen to this we think it's an episode you'll find useful We talk with members of Our Lady of Guadalupe Parish Shrine in Lindenwald, New Jersey about the importance of the feast day spiritually, culturally, and how it strengthened their parish ten years removed from a merger of four churches. I hope you'll find today's episode both enjoyable and educational.
2: Hello friends from Talking Catholic, here we are one more time with Another episode of this wonderful show. How are you, Mike, today?
1: I'm good. I'm, I'm very good. I'm very happy right now.
2: You're very happy. Why, yes. is, why is that?
1: Well, because uh, we're recording this a little early, and I was at the Eagles game last night, and they won, and I'm very happy.
2: Oh, so good you, well, you should you should be happy for that. I thought you were happy because of our company.
1: Well, I'm always happy because of our company, but I'm extra elated because I also have the joy of an eagle's win, so that's yeah. makes me very excited. That
2: adds up to this. Yes. The, and, and plus, today we're talking about a feast. We
1: are. So and we should a, be happy. And it's a feast uh, that is kind of new to me in, in my life. It's like I've only really became aware of it in the last four or five years when I came to work for the diocese. So I'm, I'm actually look, very much looking forward to this episode.
2: So you're going to be educated in this. I
1: love it when we have a, an episode and I get educated.
2: Very good. So let's introduce Introduce our guests today. Uh, we are here at Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine in Lindenwood, and uh, we're sitting here in front of three wonderful guests. We have Helen Persin, who is the principal at uh, John Paul II uh, Regional School in Stratford. Uh, we also have Father Bean's guest, who is the pastor here at the trine. And we have another Helen, Helen Hernandez, who is uh, the director of the Hispanic Ministry uh, for this parish as well. And she is also a madrina for John Paul II Catholic school.
1: Now, before we get too far, I I think a lot of our listeners won't know what a madrina is. What is a madrina?
2: Oh, well, a madrina is basically, uh, we have this program in the diocese for Catholic schools where madrinas help to recruit and to make uh, Latino families feel welcome in Catholic schools. And so she's been doing a wonderful job along with our principal, Helen Persing, welcoming the Latino community and, you know, bringing more families in.
1: That's right. Well, so, thank you very much, and thank you for doing such a great job, Helen. And Helen, thanks for making sure the school goes so well. Thank you. But, but Father Vince, where we're, we're act- this is the first time we've ever recorded in a church, and it's also the first time we've ever recorded in front of a shrine. Can it's going to be us-
2: interesting with the audience.
1: I, well, no, actually, I can I can listen to you all right now. You all sound fine. Um, but Father Vince, can you tell us a little bit about your parish?
3: Well, absolutely, and welcome, Mike Emerynoa, right to Our Lady thank you. of Guadalupe parish shrine. As you know, I'm Father Vince Guest, the pastor. Uh, Mike, first of all, I share your, your joy with the Eagles win uh, last <laughs> night. Uh, I was up late last night watching the overtime win. This has been the tape the day after the uh, Eagles beat the Giants in overtime. And being native of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I sh- I'm a real Eagles fan, as many of our parishioners and those in our diocese are.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, but speaking of, of that, you know, this week is kind of like the Super Bowl. Of, of our parish and 4th yeah. of July it's of course the feast of our Lady of Guadalupe is being celebrated this week so all those great celebrations come together which for us is much greater than a Super Bowl because we're celebrating our faith the faith that we love and the faith of all Catholics all the Americas especially with this feast.
2: So um can you explain a little bit, like, what uh, does your parish do to celebrate this uh, wonderful feast? And of course, we're talking about Our Lady of Guadalupe feast, which is uh, very, very important for the Latina community.
3: Absolutely. And and I always encourage our parishioners that it's important for, for all of us, because Our Lady is the empress of all the Americas. Uh, some folks, I think, are mistaken that Our Lady of Guadalupe is only for the Mexican community or... The Latino community, yes. but it's 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 much much greater than that.
2: Yes, and I, I definitely would like uh, to talk a little bit about uh, that because uh, there's this you know, it, Our Lady of Guadalupe is for Mexican, and I come from the Dominican Republic and. Uh, I have to be honest. We celebrate uh, La Alta Gracia, and I didn't really—I uh, knew about Our Lady of Guadalupe, of course, but I was not like devoted to it. I was more like for Our Lady of La Alta Gracia. But now, after coming to this country and you know realizing, like you know. Uh, She is sort of like the one for all here uh, and it's very important for me now living here. Can you tell us a little bit more like um, when did this started where like the Our Lady of Guadalupe became not only the mother of the Mexican community but of Latin America and also of the, you know, of the world?
3: Well, when Our Lady appeared to Juan Diego uh, back in the 1500s, there was no united states there was no mexico was essentially the new world yes and this was the entrance i believe of of our lord into the new world in a very real way we had some franciscan missionaries of course in uh, south america and central america but our lady appeared to truly convert this whole new world which we're all part of north and south america uh, bringing uh, appearing to juan diego as as an expecting woman a virgin who's expecting a child that we know is the the King of all the world, our Lord Jesus Christ, and through that apparition, uh, the faith just increased so, so much in not only Latin America, but of course, that faith in our Lord Jesus spread to all the Americas, and, and that's why it's something very important to celebrate, and not only from uh, by our Latino friends and, and cultures, but for all of us as, as uh, part of the Americas as we celebrate feast of this of of our queen and our lord jesus christ in this uh, month of december
2: yes uh helen hernandez like uh at this point i think you're doing a lot preparing for these feasts uh that's starting i believe on wednesday night correct so can you uh tell us a little bit about how how does it go in the parish what what do you guys do to celebrate
4: it's very important for us uh, start a celebration for uh, the feast start the juan diego uh, is last night with celebration for 10th anniversary for the parish for the uh, Lady Guadalupe. The people are uh, present and here in preparation, many people attending the our program, the FAI starting. Um, they very excited with happy, with it, our support for everybody. Uh, more important the father means open his heart for us. Uh, We continue our tradition for Guadalupe. Uh, Everybody excited to, we um, continue, um, our um, propose continue for celebration and for, um, what I say? our tradition, continuing growing
2: yeah, so, up. So, like, people are really excited to continue to celebrate the, their traditions and, you know, um, sort of, like, the way to um, venerate Our Lady uh, here in the United States, like, having the opportunity of having a parish that is open to, uh, you know, Latino celebrating the way we know to celebrate, and I guess, you know, the community is thankful for that, right, Helen?
4: Yes, yes, Everybody, everybody is attending uh, our celebration, for uh, different countries, not only Mexican, uh, is uh, Honduras, uh, uh, Puerto Rico, El Salvador, Dominican Republic. Uh, everybody is, is coming in here. Is uh, this parish is, is the multicultural for uh, here, for uh, Guadalupe is uh, universal for everyone. Uh, coming in here for celebration, for attending, for devotion, for. Uh, are uh, faces in here for us? Yes.
2: So th- that's uh, that's wonderful, Father. Like in the in the past few years, when uh, when did you started being the pastor at this parish? Is it? It's
3: been. I, f- I followed a wonderful pastor for the Capella in 2016. Yes. So this is been... this will be my my fourth wow. celebration of uh, of Our Lady Guadalupe feast in the parish, and everyone is just growing and and more joyful for for me as a pastor. Uh, One thing we did here in the parish is uh, kind of redo our our Guadalupe Shrine, which is where we're sitting now. Maybe some of the images will will be shown to our our listeners and and viewers. But the image we want to project when folks come to our our parish shrine is that they are literally being embraced by our our Blessed Mother, uh, and they're being embraced under her mantle. If you notice the shrine behind me, the image of, of Our Lady, which is the exact size of the image in Mexico City, mm-hmm. and um, surrounded by teal colored walls, which image the, reflect the image of Our Lady's mantle, with the stars uh, also that are on uh, the mantle of, of Our Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. And so the image we want to project when folks walk into the shrine is they are literally being wrapped in Mary's mantle. You know how beautiful that is. They're being wrapped by, by Our Blessed Mother, just as Juan Diego was. And the message of our Blessed Mother, which I find so comforting, is uh, her message to all of us that she is our compassionate mother. I am your compassionate mother, so we Madre Compasiva, Madre Compasiva, our compassionate mother. And that's the image we want everyone to to know and to hold deep in their hearts that we have a Mother in Heaven who just embraces us with her love. And so when folks come here, we hope they, they feel that love. Something new this year that we did at the Shrine is we're asking people to write petitions um, to Our Lady, and we have behind me uh, a teal-colored mantle with stars uh, on top of it, uh, and the stars represent the petitions of our parishioners, our school students. That's who are um, just sending their love to Mary, and again reflecting the, the, the mantle of, of our Blessed Mother Mary. And many people have responded so positively. And I, I, I read some of the the, the uh, petitions very humbly. Very humble petitions, praying for peace, praying for the children, praying for healings, you know, praying, you know, for for the parish, praying for the diocese, for our bishop. Just very humble, simple prayers to our lady that I know our lady is listening to. And so I invite all of our listeners, all those who are viewing, to, uh, to visit our Shrine and to be part of this wonderful celebration this week. And, and all the time, we're open uh, all the time for, for folks to uh, feel the compassionate love of our Blessed Mother.
1: Actually, that, that begs the question, is when, when can people come and
3: visit the Shrine? We're one of the few churches that have uh, uh, daily Mass in the evening. Mm-hmm. So our doors open at nine o'clock uh, every day. And we have confession actually every every day, Monday through Friday, here at the shrine. It's something Father Capella started and I certainly continued. And my brother priest, Father Adam and, and Father Junior, will tell you we have five to 15, 20 people every night for confessions here at the shrine, not only from our parish, but from throughout the county and throughout other regions of, uh, of South Jersey, even from Trenton Diocese come to uh, receive that mercy of, of the Lord. And we have mass at 7 o'clock. And so literally our, our doors are open from 9 in the morning until 8, 8.30 at night You know when, when we, we close up the shrine. At one point, as you know, Mike, we had vandalism in the church yes. a few years back, uh, but that didn't stop Father Joe nor me from, from keeping our, our doors open for, for people uh, because this is a place of, of love, a place of healing, and a place, place for them to... Um, to really celebrate their faith and, and their love of their Lord and of His Blessed Mother.
2: So um, that, that's wonderful, Father. I would like to ask, um, you know, on the same note, Helen Persin, uh, as the principal of uh, John Paul II, uh, has a very uh, high Latino population as part of the school. And so at this time of the year, you also celebrate uh, at the school the, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. How do you see the faith uh, of the Latino community coming into your school, and how do you celebrate it, Helen?
0: We are. We are a very diverse community. About a third of our students are Latino. And a few years back, I had um, spoken with Father Joe because I came to the uh, night celebration here, and it, it's just such a joyful celebration. and the color and the, the parade of the costumes, uh, I told him I wanted to do something at the school. So we began, and every year since then, we've had a celebration on the feast day. Uh, the students uh, enjoy it. We've had the uh, story of Our Lady of Guadalupe acted out. We've had, we every year we have the mariachis. Uh, People love. The mariachis, <laughs> yes we've also last year we had aztec dancers um which i will tell you the children asked me they know we're going to mass on thursday asked me if those dancers they were incredible.
4: are coming back I was there. Yes. yes
0: and i love when the children um learn about other cultures i think it's really important uh as a child uh, that they get to know uh because our church is universal and accepting uh we also uh the children love the the celebration that the latino students will parade in and they'll come in in their country's colors uh the the moms are behind the scene making something yes. for me they do something every year you they had gumball rosaries one year they were they were a huge hit but they've uh they prepare food uh and it's it's just such a a festive time and celebration and i think it's something that um Makes us who we are at St. John Paul too.
2: How do you feel when you see, like, you know, how how faithful uh, this Latina community is, and how, like, you know, how they really have so much love for Our Lady, and it's it's sort of like you can touch it, you know.
0: It, it, to me, it, it's wonderful to see that. Um, I come to the, sometimes the mass. I've been here on Sunday. And I will tell you, I see just about every single Latino child in my school at Mass, and and that is is great, because we don't often see that. Um, but I, I'm very thrilled and happy to see that. I think it's it's a a welcome to our school, and. Um, there's a lot to be learned, um, you know. I've learned a lot about Our Lady of Guadalupe over the years, and um, you know, when we went to Mexico, the the the, the devotion there for, of the folks there. Um, I watch sometimes. We have a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Outside my office, and I watch some of my Latina parents will kiss their hand and go in and and kiss, you know, the Lady Guadalupe. So, um, for me as a Catholic, I just uh, really, really am thrilled to see that our faith is continuing and how they practice their faith.
2: That's wonderful. So, Father, if we come here like on, on Wednesday night, what do we find? So, Wednesday
3: night is when you start. What would we be
1: faced with? Uh, well, are well, oh, Have we come to the Guadalupe, Mass?
4: Yes yes, 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 <laughs> What are you coming, well, Mariana.
3: Come prepared for a, a celebration of great joy. Actually, we, we begin at around 8 o'clock in the evening. We have a procession through this little town of Lindenwald. We bring we begin at a, a small uh, Mexican restaurant, La Vejita, on Emerson Street in... Uh, in Lindenwald, and uh, they provide food and, and drink, hot co- hot uh, drinks, hot chocolate, other kind of foods mm-hmm. for, for our parishioners, and we begin there uh, with prayer, and uh, Helen referenced the Aztec dancers. They lead us through through the town. Of course, Juan Diego has a tradition of being an Aztec, and their dance was a prayer. Yes. Their music and dance is, is not... Is, is not just dancing for fun, but it's actually dancing in, in prayer. And the Aztecs with their instruments and their drums and their amazing costumes and feathers uh, lead us uh, through the town and into into the shrine. Uh, we'll also have a little celebration outside. We have an outdoor image of Our Lady here and fountain here at uh, at the parish, and then eventually we'll process into the church. And when we come into the church that day, it's, that evening, it's always very breathtaking for me and for, for everyone because of the amount of people here and, and for the colors, as Helen referenced, the various costumes, and hundreds and hundreds of images of Lady Guadalupe surrounding the altar. Wow. And thousands of roses yes. In, yes, in the church. Yes,
2: that was. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. The decoration of the church that day, it's its unbelievable. Can can uh, you mention a little bit about, you know, who does it? Like, you know, how how is it done?
3: Well, I'm blessed to have Helen Hernandez next to me and Francisco Torres. A shout out to Francisco, our sacristan, um, who would do so much. But frankly, Uh, marianella it's the people who decorate uh, by their love they decorate by what they wear they'll bring their children dressed as guadalupe uh, or as juan diego they'll wear native costumes from various uh, uh, latino countries Uh, and they'll bring the roses they'll bring images of of mary so it truly is a people celebration the the people themselves decorate uh, for our Our lady i never have to ask anything Uh, same thing with food we'll have food afterwards probably midnight or after midnight, I'm sure, we'll have a celebration uh, across the street at at the local school. And lots and lots of Latino food. So Mike and Lorraine, please come. Come hungry. Just to come eat. Yeah, of course. course. I very rarely turn down an opportunity for food.
2: (laughs) Mike, I wonder, uh, how often have you been, you know, at a church where, like, you know, they have... A party up until like midnight.
1: Well, uh, nine times out of ten, it's it's a Latino ministry event i <laughs> will tell you that right now. The um, you know I, I've I've only really been associated with the Our Lady of Guadalupe um, uh, celebration for the last couple of years and. I, uh, because I work so closely with Bishop Sullivan and because Bishop's, this is something that's near and dear to Bishop Sullivan's heart, um, I'm able to attend a lot of these things. And from, from beginning to end, it's such a beautiful celebration to go to, which you know, I really didn't understand when I, when I went to my first one, but I love the fact that it includes a parade through town because we, we so rarely get to, publicize our Catholic faith by walking through town. There's only a couple of events every year that does that, the St. Anthony event, uh, and that's usually a very Italian-specific celebration and Our Lady of Guadalupe are the two that are, I find most notable. I love the fact that you're going through town and and processing and showcasing not only our Catholic faith, but also this beautiful celebration that I think for most Americans, which you admitted to early in the podcast, is sort of a mystery to a lot of Americans. It's certainly something that's deeply held in Mexican culture and has now become very Latino-focused overall. But Americans don't seem to realize that this is for us as well. And and it's beauty that it's beautiful that we're walking through a town. Do you when uh, when you process through a town? Do you see people stopping? Do you see people wanting to become part of the procession?
3: Yeah, it's it's actually fun because people are almost expecting it by yeah. now. You know, it's almost like, you know, uh, what you expect in, on Broad Street on the Mummer's Day. You know, people are just hanging out do, with their doors, waiting for us to pass by. You see them blessing themselves, bowing. Asking for blessings from from the priest, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's very very awe-inspiring for for me as a priest, and I know for all of us, uh, to see the uh, outpouring of love. If they can't join us and walk the line of streets, yeah. you know, to, to, to just to be a part of it in their own way, and That's I have great. to admit, I I learned a lot of this from my first assignment as a priest. As as many know, I was pastor in Holy Cross Parish in in Bridgeton, Santa Cruz Parroquia, and. Uh, a very very high uh, Mexican population, and they have a very large uh, celebration as well over the years. So I was blessed in my two assignments as a priest here in the diocese to be surrounded by very faithful uh, Latino parishioners, and uh, so I, I learned a lot of my my um, faith through that in the Latino culture, culture through my experience at, at Holy Cross which has just grown here at Our Lady of Guadalupe. And,
1: you know, um, some parishes do it a little differently. Certainly not every parish does a big Our Lady of Guadalupe celebration. So for our listeners, if your parish isn't doing one, don't be offended by it and don't be bothered by it. There's a ton in the area that go ahead and seek it out. I know my parish, uh, St. Bridget's in Glassboro, New Jersey, they're doing a vigil celebration. So they're actually uh, processing through town in the evening, the night before, um, and uh, coming to the parish around eleven o'clock having mass and then having their giant celebration at midnight from yeah. about midnight to two uh... which uh, i am seriously thinking about going to because i've had the food of our uh, latino ministry <laughs> in my parish and it's delicious well um, not only for the food and the mariachi bands i might add remember the
2: spiritual aspect Mike?
1: Okay listen I totally get the <laughs> spiritual aspect but as I, as a showman I really love uh, the, the joy that comes out of these celebrations and the food but it's, it's like the joy of the gospel. It, you know what Pope Francis has said that to us a number of times. Bishop Sullivan has picked it up. We had a convocation in this diocese in the Camden diocese in March that was specifically about the joy of the gospel in South Jersey and you know, our, our, our faith and our celebrations should all involve joy. I, there's nothing that makes me sadder than when I, when I walk into a parish and I see sort of these morose faces. I, we should all be excited that we can be together and yes. celebrating our faith and celebrating God and celebrating Jesus' mission to us to be good Christians here on earth. So this is a joyous faith. We need to be joyous.
2: I agree, and it's a it's a Latino thing too. So yeah. we're we're contagious. So we're you are try- contagious. We're trying to you I
1: can't, know I've been that to show it I've been trying to shake you, Marianella and you just get more and more in my life. It's the weirdest thing.
2: <laughs> so now you get to work with me and That's I make you right. more joyous. We're literally sitting
1: in a queue together, uh, six inches apart.
2: Yes, oh. yes. So <laughs> Helen Hernandez, like, uh,
4: how many people come to this celebration? A lot. Maybe a guess, you know, an Maybe estimate. nine hundred people, and I expect yes. with the mass it's a mass. It's yeah. A lot of people in the church, and, and the, then outside, a, a standing I Standing outside, and the procession is uh, a lot. Three hundred people in the procession. It's the music, the, the dance, Father say, uh, the Aztec, the, uh, the other people, the music, the rosary. Oh my God, it's a lot of people. For the after mass, in the cafeterias. A lot of people too. You're probably not even like you. I think you're saying a number, but probably you're like
2: not not really like you know. Maybe it's more than that. More, I, I yes. assume you're because right. there's just you know so much going on in yes. parish during those two days. Oh it's yeah. Just, yeah, to the, you yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of traffic of people, which is a wonderful thing, you know, for for a church to be uh, so blessed uh, to have uh, so many faithful people coming uh, that, you know, maybe are not part of the parish, but really enjoy that Mm -hmm. celebration and the way you do it here. So uh, that must be a wonderful feeling.
4: Yes. uh, Tomorrow, we open the doors Uh, at eight in the morning the people start coming for decoration rose the bring roses decoration all the parish At eight in the morning night calling today, contact today for, oh, what are you open the church tomorrow? I need coming for the flowers, I bring flowers, I come in for this. So you don't have to oh, buy day. flowers that day, <laughs> no. probably. <laughs> no, <It's> oh. <laughs> no, And the other contact for the food, oh, what do you need? You need mm-hmm. this, you need the other, everything, everything. They bring everything for celebration. That, that's I, everything. Love that. I love very it. Everything, it's I Please come for oh. our celebration and stay with us.
3: Yeah, and we, we recognize that um, everyone can't take part in the procession. Like a lot of parishes, there's a lot of seniors who are so faithful to us. So here at Guadalupe Walks, you have uh, four Masses. We'll have the Mass in the evening on the 11th at 11 o'clock, going past midnight. And then on the 12th, actually, we'll have the 8 o'clock morning Mass
4: mm-hmm.
3: for folks who are so faithful at our morning Masses. We we'll have nine o'clock mass with our school with miss persing and the school children and many prisoners come to that because of the joy that yeah. helen referenced and and then um, <laughs> absolutely yes and then in the evening we'll have a seven o'clock mass on the 12th here at the shrine over the guadalupe with our parish choir uh, doing a Marian concert at six o'clock followed by another guadalupe mass at seven o'clock in the evening so really try to make the celebration of, of the feast day available for all parishioners. We recognize, you know, coming out at, and, and walking in a procession and a mass at midnight isn't for everyone, for lots of reasons and, and good reasons. And so we really try to make an effort to, to make, to embrace the whole parish, to celebrate Our, our Lady and, and to include all those joyful things and all those, all those masses. That's for great. Our people.
2: Have any of you have a chance to uh, visit the Basilica uh, of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico? Or uh, no, not yet.
3: I was there. I was there actually before I was uh, a priest. Uh, I know some of our our listeners know that I'm I'm a priest. You have a very
2: interesting story, Father. (laughs) (laughs) He was a lawyer. We'll
3: we'll need a lot lot of time for that one. (laughs) Uh, But yes, i worked in in law. And uh, when I was working in law, I went down to Mexico to study some Spanish. And I had a tour of of the shrine, probably 10, 15 years ago at, at, at this point. So that was my first experience at the, at the shrine in Mexico. One of my goals at the parish is to lead a pilgrimage down to, uh, to Mexico to have a, uh, a pilgrimage to the shrine down there. So I, I was there once, and I saw the devotion of, of people literally on their knees, you know, uh, crawling on their knees for for a long while, you know, to reach the shrine. And it's very, very uh, uh, heartwarming and, and faith-filled. And I pray I can have the opportunity to go back again.
2: Yeah, we uh, we recently uh, uh, talked to some folks about Our Lady of Guadalupe who have visited the Basilica, and you know what we got from that conversation was that you know they once you get there. The peace you feel, like there, there's something about visiting that space, and sort of like uh, being surrounded by the the people that um, are going there because you know they're maybe they're asking for miracles, maybe they are just visiting because they want to be so close to um, what I understand was like a real apparition from Our Lady, you know, like in um, and, and it's what people say that have gone and I wish you know one of these days I can you know do a trip to the Basilica is that there's a feeling once you get there that, that there's the mother is embracing you and that she is there to love you and to, you know, take away your worries and to sort of like make you feel like the, the son of or daughter um, that, that you are of hers. And and that's that must be, you know, so touching, so moving for, you know, uh, growing on our faith. Right, Mike?
1: Oh, I agree. I, I haven't had the opportunity to go there. As a matter of fact, I have, I've never been to any of the apparition sites, but I, I know a number of friends who have, and, and they all come away with a very similar reaction, which is, uh, you you kind of feel, <laughs> you you run into a wall of peacefulness. Like there's yes. just something about being there, um, where where Our Lady has appeared over the over the centuries, um, and realizing you're in a spot that's been you know quite frank, quite almost quite literally or quite literally uh, touched by God or touched by God's presence and in in, uh, in what Mary brings to to an apparition site so uh, you know we often talk about we've had in previous episodes we've talked about um, pilgrimages to lords and it's always it's always been sort of a very similar reaction um, to people who have gone there and feeling the grace of of Mary's presence. Uh, you know bringing us back to God and it's it's just it's just gorgeous um, but you know the, one of the ways that we're able to to feel that without actually attending or, mm-hmm. or, or you know uh, taking a trip to these apparition sites is to come to shrines like this um, yes father can you tell us a little bit the I know it happened before you got here but the history of how this became a shrine
3: well, we're a merger of uh, of three uh, three parishes, Our Lady Guadalupe is. In fact, just last night we celebrated 10 years a- as a parish. I-, I echo your your words a, m- a moment ago about the uh, importance of, of celebrations mm-hmm. for communities, uh, whether it's processions or, or otherwise. And uh, last uh, last night we celebrated 10 years as as a parish family, where the churches of Our Lady of Grace and Saint Luke and Saint Lawrence uh, merged to form. One one parish now of Our Lady Guadalupe, which covers this this whole uh, large community. And in my uh, brief filing last night, I, I spoke about the importance of, of a parish. You know, when, when people think of the church, or when people ask you about the church, I think our first thoughts don't go to the Vatican, and with due respect to the bishop, our first thoughts don't go to the bishop or the diocese, and, and Bishop Sullivan often talks about this. Our first thoughts go to our local parish. And that's why Bishop Sullivan was so enthused about the joy of the gospel uh, the conference we had last year and how wise he was to, to do that, to infuse that joy on a parish level. And 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 I talked about that in my homily last night. It's a parish, parish is a family. And just like any family, we cry together when, there, when there's sadness, and we share joys together. You know, We cry at funerals and sicknesses, but we share the joy of baptisms and weddings and confirmations and kitcheneras. and that's what a parish family is all about and that's what we try to instill in our parish and in our school you know a family atmosphere uh, with a mother watching over us uh, like our mother mary so when this parish formed uh, i think in in the wisdom of bishop galante and and our first uh, pastor father father capella uh, recognized the need to have a local parish here in the diocese named in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And with the growing Latino culture here in this part of the county, uh, Father Capella and and of course, Bishop Galante authorized the new parish name to be uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, At first, I think there are growing pains as any merged parish community knows, but I think as the years have gone by, I know in fact, as years have gone by that people have have embraced Our Lady of Guadalupe and have recognized the great love of our Mother Mary, without forgetting, and that's very important. I think in a merged situation, without forgetting the roots where we came from. I often uh, compare a, a merged parish to a marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, when you when you marry, Mary, know when you marry, yeah. two families come together when two families come together, you don't forget about your your family, but your family grows. And in the growth, there's beauty. Mm -hmm. And and there's strength, you know, now as two families come together. And I really believe that's the same way with the parish. It's a beautiful way
2: to put it, Father.
3: Yeah, I really believe the same way with the parish. It's it's not, it's just a a way that we can now come together as one family of faith, not forgetting our roots from Lady Grace or St. Lawrence or St. Luke, but embracing those roots but now come together as as one family of faith, one family of faith under the auspice now of our Lady of Guadalupe.
2: So the, the talking about one family, uh, in your parish, uh, you know, you have such a rich diversity um, of latina people not you know not all latinos are the same how do you um sort of like uh make the latino community be unified with each other like you know the dominicans with the puerto ricans and the anglos and you know the people from el salvador like how how do you see that happening in your parish
3: what's actually a much broader question than the latino community uh, when we celebrate mass here at the parish uh, it's a rich uh, variety of, of cultures. Uh, there's certainly the various Latino cultures, uh, Honduran like Helen here, Salvadoranians, Mexicans, Guatemalans, uh, Peruvians, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a lot of them, right? Uh, but there's also a lot of Philippine Philippines in their parish. There's Africans in the parish. and. Um, asians oh, uh, there's african americans in the parish we have a
1: big burmese, yes. we, we have a burmese too.
3: that's right mike we have a burmese community where we were we're proud to have who came over as refugees in the parish uh, and that same kind of cultural diversity that we see in the parish is also reflected in the school as uh, mrs persing uh, had mentioned and helen and i both say to our parishioners and say to school parents and we say to our benefactors that Our diversity is our strength. Our diversity is our strength. Uh, This is the world where our children and our families grow up in, and the need to know and learn the love of others and and the richness of of, of diversity uh, that 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 brings. And so we're cognizant of that when we celebrate mass. We have to be, you know, uh, when we celebrate liturgy and we celebrate school feasts and things that we come from a rich and diverse community, but we grow together in love a love that's united with one mother and, and with one Lord and Savior that we celebrate, of course, this month uh, at Christmas.
2: That's great, and uh, Helen Persing, um, I know, and you spoke about how diverse your school is. Um, I wonder if, if you can talk a little bit about the children in your school. How do they get along? Like, uh, how do you see them being prepared for, um, you know, the global world, where, you know, you know the, the world is, full of diversity, how do you see your school as a niche for uh, sort of like building uh, those uh, personalities, those uh, children up in a way that they can actually collaborate with each other and understand the importance of diversity?
0: One of the things is I think that um, children don't see color, so they get along well, but there are bumps in the road. We've had bumps in the road, and it's just about talking and explaining things to to folks and why do they do that and and educating them. And I think they have a greater understanding so that when they do get older and they do graduate college and they go out into the workforce, they have a better understanding of different cultures. Uh, I feel very blessed that uh, we have all of these different families in our school. And each one is different. And each one comes to me about um, their culture and you know, they ask me, why, why do you do that here? Just because they're, they're not familiar. And that's all, right. all my, my only thing is, is ask. You know, I don't want you to ever feel uncomfortable. And we also have some of our um, Anglo families who don't understand why do they do that. So, so it's a lot of explaining. It's a lot of praying that things work out. Uh, it's a lot of normal children relationships, uh, you know, and they all get along. Um, Do they have differences? Yes, they have differences on the playground. They argue about a a score in a game. They don't care who's playing. They might have said, well, he didn't score that goal. Uh, Typical children things that they would see anywhere, no matter where they were. So it's been, I find myself very blessed to be able to deal with all these different cultures. And uh, I'm grateful uh, that these families come to our school But also, I'm grateful that we all learn from each other.
2: So as a principal and as an Anglo person that you are, um, what would be your advice for Anglos that would like to learn more about, um, you know, how to better uh, interact with other people, other cultures? Like, how are you doing it yourself? How are you feeling more equipped to do this?
0: Well, I mean, different folks in the school have helped me. My... um, Spanish is not that great. I understand a lot, but I I have to think through how to respond. Um, I think it's a lot of patience, Um, just like if you were going to visit another country, you expect that from the folks there. Uh, I I really enjoy it. I love learning about other cultures. Uh, I've raised my own children that way. I live in a community that is very diverse and I feel that my children are better off. They know how to uh, work with other cultures. They they understand traditions that I didn't even know existed. Of some of their friends, they were telling me, uh, my one son has a um, uh, a friend who who is Arab, and uh, his father recently died, and he he went to the funeral and. In that tradition, um, the family their mem- members are supposed to uh, bathe that person before they put him in his uh, in the ground. And he said, "Mom, I've never seen that before. And it, it's just something that you it's know. Learning. It, it's learning, mm-hmm. and it just makes us better that we can ab- we, if we're able to understand each other and where we're coming from. I think we get along so much better, and and not to judge because um, I find that a lot. Um, I hear a lot of stories um, you know, about my different families, and I often hear, well, so and so. They don't know where they're coming from, what they've experienced, how they've gotten this far. And um, if my goal is to break that cycle, and if I can get my children all the way through eighth grade, and they can go to high school and go to college, I just think that they'd be better off.
1: You know, Father, that, that begs the question, we've talked a lot about the diversity of the parish, but th- this parish uh, was, uh, the, the previously unmerged parishes, uh, were all traditional um, Anglo parishes, that, and that's sort of uh, evolved over the years. Um, is your, has your Anglo population been sort of receptive to all the changes with the new cultures um, that have come into the parish?
3: I think, for the most part, they have, Mike. Over, over the years, you know, as, as uh, Helen mentioned, with school, there's always uh, growth areas. You know, because we're all human. You yeah. know, and, and all of us, uh, uh, I guess, need need growth in, in, in those areas of, of diversity and, and cultural ac- acceptance. Um, but I find a lot of our prisoners, most great majority of our prisoners, really em- embrace the diversity. Uh, love the different traditions. You know, last night we had the Aztec dancers here for our celebration of our anniversary mass, and and I was uh, very happy to see a lot of seniors just loving it. You know, <laughs> seeing the dancers and the drums, and just recognizing that that's another way of prayer. And I I I think for the most part our prisoners have, uh, you know, embraced the uh, the diversity and and the differences that that we all celebrate. You know, my Irish tradition is different than someone's Italian tradition, too. I mean, yeah. it's, it goes beyond color and, and language. I mean, the Polish and, and the Italians and the Irish and the Germans all have their, their own traditions and ways to celebrate as a family and based upon their grandparents and, and, and what have you. So I think when they realize that, yeah. that we, we all have traditions and, and uh, cultures to celebrate. And I often talk about my, my family roots are in Ireland and, and my um my grandparents came over because they're very poor uh, in Ireland and wanted a a, a new opportunity for their family. And and it's the same reason folks are coming to the border now, for the same reasons that my Irish or your Italian family or your Polish family came to our country, was to seek new opportunities for their children and for their families to grow. And I think the more people recognize that, recognize that folks who are here are here for the betterment of their families and for the community and for the country, I think the more their acceptance uh, of the differences that, that are there.
1: And, you know, uh, parishes evolve over time. I mean, for 100 years in the United States or or 200 years in the United States, uh, we've seen these these parishes pop up and grow, and a lot of times they were de- they were developed under one cultural perspective, and then a lot of those people migrate away, and then that parish parish remains, and a new group comes in, so what might have been considered a traditional Italian parish, or a traditional Irish parish, changes over time, just as people move in, people move out, and personally, I've, I've gotten very comfortable with the fluidity of, of parishes, and parish life, and things of like that, I mean, it's certainly beautiful that, um, you know, parishes like uh, uh, our Hamilton Parish is still very rooted in its Itali- Italian faith, but even that uh, parish has has begun migrating to a Latino culture over the last couple of years. Um, it's just the it's just the nature of things. It's, it's our.
2: I think it's the hope, nature. too, that, that our church continues to, you know, grow with the population that comes in. Yeah. You know, it's, there's, there's hope for, for a Catholic church, of uh, new immigrants coming in, of the people who are staying that are still, like, you know, worshiping and, and sort of, like, uh, being faithful to what we believe in, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because ultimately that's, that's the point, is are we all faithful to the same faith, uh, the same God, same Jesus, same Mary? we celebrate regardless of what the trappings look like we celebrate in the same way the language may be difficult different but the rubrics are all the same this is our Catholic Christian faith that we're celebrating every week every day every opportunity we get irrespective of the language uh, that's being spoken at that I've had I've had I've been blessed to travel a lot around the world so, because of that, I've had to go to Masses in German, or I've had to go to Masses in French. And The uh, language
2: doesn't matter, and, you and know what's what, going on, right? What, that was
1: what blew me away, the first time I, this was like 20, 25 years ago, I traveled for the first time internationally for business, and uh, I had to, it was Sunday, I had to go find a Mass, I was in Belgium, uh, I was in Brussels, and I uh, went to the concierge, said, I need a Catholic church, pointed me in that direction, I get in there, it happened to be in French, I knew everything that was going on. I sang it all in English in my head, but everybody else was doing it in French, and it was great. I I loved it. I absolutely loved it.
2: Yeah, you know, my grandmother uh, traveled to the U.S. before I ever came here, and when she went back home, she was telling us the stories about the beautiful churches. She Mm -hmm. went to St. Patrick, and, you know, she spoke no word of English, and, Mm -hmm. you know, she went to these English Masses all the time, and it was like, um, she was praying in Spanish. She knew exactly uh, what was going on in the mass, and, and I thought, you know, that was beautiful. You yeah. know, you can you can feel connected with this, the people even though they don't speak your language. Mm-hmm. That's the universality of our church.
3: Well, exactly. That's the I think the great strength and wisdom of our church and of our liturgies is just what you're what you're both talking about. And You could be in a mass with Pope Francis and the Vatican or at a local mass at your local parish or, or somewhere in, in the poorest parts of the world. And the essentials are gonna be the same. The same readings, the same gospel, maybe some different traditions with music or song, uh, but the essentials are, are the same. That's the greatness of our faith. That's really what unites us as, as one body of Christ. Yeah, you know,
1: Bishop Sullivan and the, and the bishops of New Jersey were in uh, the Vatican last week, yeah. and or during the Thanksgiving week, and I had the opportunity to talk to Bishop Sullivan a little bit about it, and I said, so how did your meeting with with Pope Francis go? He goes, oh, it was, it was good, it was good. I said, well, what was the back and forth like? Well, here's what's unique. Um, the meeting is all in Italian, and you get an English translation. Uh, there's an English translator to help us, uh, but uh, Pope Francis only speaks in Italian during these formal meetings and then however Bishop Sullivan speaks Spanish so they had a private conversation just a brief one Uh, I think it was I can't remember if it was before or after the meeting and that was all done in Spanish because Bishop Sullivan is fluent in Spanish and you know Pope Francis is from South America Uh, so it just listen, if, if you don't, if you only speak one language, go and learn another one, because you never know when you're going to have to have a conversation with the Pope. Yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's
2: why I'm trying to teach you, Mike.
1: I'm tr- <laughs> I want to learn so badly, Marianella, you don't yeah. understand. <laughs> we, Marianella has... she
0: taught us some things. <laughs> well, I tell
1: you, Ma- Marianella has a uh, Spanish-language YouTube show which I produce for her.
2: Compartiendo tu don.
1: That's right. Uh, available on the 5th, 1st and 15th of every month on YouTube. And, uh, so anyway, it, but I'm the only non-Spanish-speaking <laughs> person there, and I've oh. I've picked up bits and pieces, but I, I really need to Im- immerse myself more.
4: Yeah, I mean, Helen,
1: can you help me? Because because has been doing a terrible <laughs> job <laughs> with that it. I got to be honest with
4: you. Por supuesto que sí. That's where she's strong, I mean, with me. Come in oh, with see, me. I've been,
1: I've had the wrong teacher this whole time. That's <laughs> yeah. my problem. I've got it. Dude, I'm that's you. <laughs> so,
2: um, well, um, uh, we talk about this wonderful celebration. What is it in particular that each of you is looking forward to? Um, like one thing is, if there was one thing to describe that you want to sort of like really see on Wednesday or Thursday as, as the celebration approaches, what would that be?
1: But you put Helen on the spot. Yes, Helen. <laughs> yeah, <on> is, <laughs> look at that.
4: You're planning it, so.
1: <laughs> she, if she's like any other event planner, she just wants to see it be successful. My plan,
4: my, is that everybody enjoy the celebration. Everybody be bring the petition in here. Everybody happy in coming in here and take whatever they mm, coming for. You know, Father say. Who had the whatever they
2: whatever they yes
4: it's it's open for everybody coming for pain you know healing healing. we are here for bring whatever they come for us amen to that (laughs) we have love for everybody we waiting for who's coming that's great that's great yes I know how the word would describe. We have for everybody love.
2: So that's the wonderful message. There's love for everybody at this parish. Yes. please come and join us for this yes. Uh, wonderful. Yes, we're waiting for everybody
4: in here. The Odeleri Guadalupe is in here for us. Amen.
2: Father, what would be your uh, looking forward to? Something?
3: I uh, echo uh, Helen's uh, beautiful comments. You know that folks to come and recognize we have a compassionate mother in heaven a uh, madre compasiva uh, who is always waiting to to embrace us and our needs just like our own moms you know here on earth we always ran to our moms when we needed help and we have a mom in heaven the blessed mom you know who's ready to embrace us but my other prayer would be that uh, it doesn't end with the feast of our Lady Guadalupe you know something we're always praying for I know the bishop is and all of us at the parish are praying uh, for return of the lost you know to to our to the faith. So many, as as you know, and so many as our listeners know, are are searching, uh, have wandered away from the faith, uh, and I believe, I know their, their, their hearts are still there, but they're searching, and I really pray that this Feast of, of Galuppe, I pray that this season of Advent, and of course this season of Christmas is a time for them to, to come home again. And I pray that all those who come to us and all of our churches during the season of Advent, and especially this feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, may um, may just uh, make this a launching pad for an increase of faith in their hearts. So I'm I'm praying for everyone who's listening has a member of their family I'm sure who has wandered away, or a friend who has wandered away, or a neighbor, a parishioner. So let's have the courage maybe to invite them uh, to Christmas Mass this year, invite them to a, to a local. Guadalupe feast. Invite them to a penance service. And let's, let's pray that you know we can be those missionary disciples that Bishop Sullivan and Pope Francis is, is asking us to be, and have the courage, the courage of Juan Diego, you know, to, to invite others. He had the courage to go to a bishop as a poor, humble man, you know, with with a message. And let's have that same courage, you know, to increase and grow our faith, and to welcome back those who have who have left us
2: that's,
3: a, that's an incredible
2: prayer what about you Helen well, that was hard to follow <laughs>
0: <laughs> but my prayer is uh, my hope is that when we celebrate uh, our school celebration that uh, many of the families of our Latino children will attend that they find that we are very welcoming that we are sharing uh, a feast day that is rich in culture and uh, the children just look forward to it they know it's coming uh they've stopped me will the mariachis be there what about those dancers and the best for me the best thing is is when we leave and we go back to school and a child say can we do that again tomorrow so i I just want them (laughs) to know that um there are a lot of things in this world that can be a lot of fun and uh, we all worship the same god and we may do it different in languages but um there are a lot of traditions and uh the children know that and and they're better than the adults i have to the the children really get along and they they really want even the children that are in our uh what i call parade of nations are so excited they want everybody to see their costume that they're coming in so for me it's it's that we we just uh have a great day and we continue that way throughout the rest of the year.
2: Muchas gracias. Thank you very much, Helen uh, Persin. Thank you, Father Benz. Thank you, Helen Hernandez. I have to keep telling the last names because it's oh, sure, two Helen's. Yeah. And, uh, and They it sound was, so similar. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, <laughs> it was a wonderful uh, uh, a conversation today, and we thank you for all you do to celebrate the Latina community, to celebrate uh, all of the diversity in your parish, and to celebrate these wonderful feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Muchisimas gracias. Thank you Talking Catholic audience for listening to us and wait until our next episode coming soon.